So, our next guest has been up on stage with us before, but not as formally as this. Brian was in the audience at Tampa Tantrum Nice in France. And being somebody who both me and Colin hugely respect, we asked him to come up on stage and join us for one of our informal chats that we had. Brian W. Jones is the founder of a design studio called Welcome and co-founder of Supersonic Coffee in Berkeley, California, where he's a director of brand and design. Brian is perhaps best known for his blog, Dear Coffee, I Love You, a design-driven resource for coffee lovers around the world that focuses on the intersection of coffee, culture, and design. It should then come as no surprise that Brian is the creative mind behind innovative brands such as Go Get 'em Tiger, GMB Coffee, Workshop Coffee, Coffee Common, and the Nordic Barista Cup. I'm really excited to get Brian up on stage to finally not just talk to us, but give us a presentation. So please, a huge round of applause for Mr. Brian W. Jones. Ni hao. Hello. There we go. So I want to talk to you today about, from a little different perspective about coffee. I want to talk to you about brand and why it matters in coffee. The first brand that I ever developed in the coffee world uh, was a personal brand. And it was for a website that I created called Dear Coffee, I Love You. Now, the point of this brand was not to sell coffee. It was meant to inspire people. First, visually, through coffee-related design and art projects. But then, as I learned more and felt more comfortable about my understanding of coffee, I began inspiring people on ways to enjoy better coffee and how to appreciate coffee and also where it comes from, including the farmer, the process, and all the techniques behind roasting and brewing a good cup. Now, after about a year of doing this, a design friend of mine introduced me to a guy named Stephen Morrissey, who you might know as the 2008 World Barista Champion. Now, he was getting ready to work on this project where he wanted to bring together some of the world's best coffee roasters and the world's best baristas to prepare and serve exceptional coffee to people at the TED conference in California. Now, after that first call, we really thought the idea had so much more legs, and it could grow and be so much more than, than just this one-time event. So we wanted to create a unique brand for it so that it could extend beyond just this one event and become its kind of own creature and its own organization. So Coffee Common was born. Now, Coffee Common was sort of a collaborative brand that told the story of specialty coffee to people, not just as one company saying this is how great coffee should be prepared and served, but many companies coming together and saying this is great coffee. Now, while I was at this event, I got to meet lots of awesome coffee people, baristas, roasters, coffee shop owners from around the world. And while I had never worked in coffee before, I had been at agencies in Chicago, San Francisco, and New York, I immediately had some new clients. So the first guy who approached me was working for a company in London, and he needed help with a rebrand. So my friend Tim asked me to work with him, and we created workshop coffee in London. It's a roastery with four cafes right now. A little bit later, Kyle Glanville, who's a former U.S. barista champion, he approached me and his partner, uh, Charles Babinski, uh, to produce a brand for their next company called G&B. 
and their second uh, coffee company called Go Get 'Em Tiger in Los Angeles. And then I was approached by the Specialty Coffee Association of America and the Barista Guild, and I did some more design and consulting work um, for them. And so I'd kind of become this designer in the world of coffee, uh, which was very interesting for me. But I submitted a t-shirt design to a woman named Bjorg Brind a couple years um, after I had started Dear Coffee, I Love You, uh, for the Nordic Barista Cup, which is a great event that had happened for many years in the Nordic countries. And I won the, I won the contest, and uh, the t-shirt was printed. But then she reached out to me and was like, you're a designer, you understand coffee, we could use your help. So over the next couple years, I became really good friends with Bjorg, and I was the designer for the Nordic Barista Cup working on everything from programs to flyers, um, filming the talks, those sorts of things. Well, recently Bjorg moved to the United States and she married her now husband, John Laird, who had the opportunity to start a new coffee company in the United States. So he approached me and for the last year we've been working together and we came up with a new brand called Supersonic Coffee. And when John was when John had this opportunity to create a new company, there are many people that you might think are important at the founding team for a coffee company. But he came to me as a designer and someone who specializes in brand. Why did he do that? Because your brand matters more than your coffee. But the coffee still matters. Sort of. <laughs> See, most coffee professionals are deeply obsessed with the craft of coffee, and we often forget that our customers simply enjoy drinking it. Now, this obsession with coffee has taken the taste that we enjoy to entirely new realms, and it's fantastic for the coffee industry. But a lot of times, our customers can't really distinguish all of the subtleties that we put so much effort in bringing out. We sometimes care more about precision and quality and craft than we do about service. Now, I completely agree that quality coffee is the core of any quality coffee company. It's the most important thing, but it doesn't matter the most. Because you see, all of our customers, except for the most discerning coffee geeks, they can't distinguish the subtleties. I know this is a generalization, but I think it's fairly true. So if your consumers can't choose, or if your consumers can't decide what the difference is between your roast profile, your brew method, the competition, uh, the championships that your baristas have won, uh, how do they choose which coffee company is their favorite? Brand. A lot of times, before someone even tastes your coffee for the first time, they're going to hear about your brand first. So whether this is a recommendation from a friend or a trusted media source, they're going to hear about your company or experience it or visit your website or see your logo before they even taste it. So the first impression has nothing to do with the quality of your coffee. So what is a brand? Well, historically, it meant to burn from the Old Norse language. And cattle ranchers used brands to separate their cattle from their neighbors. So when they were wandering in the field, they could identify what belonged to who. Now, over the years, modern-day branding has expanded into a much larger thing to tame beasts much greater than cattle. But a brand is not just a name or a logo or a tagline or your retail store or your website. It's all of those things and so much more. A brand is made up of lots of different elements. It's made up of your name and the first impression that it gives, 
your logo and how memorable it is, your tagline, how much it explains what you do in a memorable way, your graphics and how compelling they are, your color and how unique it is, your, uh, <laughs> your sounds, do you have those sometimes? Your taste, your quality of your product, the service, is it good service, is it bad service, is it fast, slow? All of these things play into your brand. Also your ethics, how do you source your coffee? Where does it come from? How much do you know about the product you're serving? All of these are elements of a much greater whole that make up your brand. David Ogilvy, who's the father of advertising and the godfather of modern day branding, said, the intangible sum of a product's attributes summarize what a brand is. Now the key to that statement is intangible because a brand is just a perception. It's a perception that can't really be held. People can't touch all of those elements that make up your brand. They can experience some of them, but it's not something that they hold and taste. So what that means is it's a very complicated thing to manage because you can't control how somebody perceives your brand. You can try your very best, but it's very complicated. There is no universal brand. Everyone will perceive your brand differently. So what this means is that two people who come in contact with your brand, the very same thing, same packaging, same coffee, same retail shop, could make one person very happy and another person very unhappy. Why is this? People are very complicated. But as a brand manager or a designer or a company working with your brand, you can do your best to manage these things. Whether your service is bad, you can improve it. If the quality of your coffee is bad, you can change it. You can renovate your cafe. All of these things will change your brand. But there's also the things you can't control. Some people might not like the color or shape of your logo. Some people might not like the taste of your coffee. All of these things lead into a much larger web that's very difficult to manage. But brands still matter. Let's start with the business side of things. So this is a chart of four different industries. The finance industry, the auto industry, food and luxury. And each one of these are broken up into the corporate value of these industries. So the dark gray at the bottom of the chart this is tangibles. These are things that you can actually hold that a company sells. So products on the shelf, that type of thing. The middle gray area is intangibles. So this is everything from trade secrets to knowledge to staff to talent. These types of things you can't hold, but they still add value. And the blue part is brand. So if you look at finance and auto, or if you look at finance, there's a lot of intangible. Because in the finance industry, they're working with lots of models and methods and tactics that aren't really tangible. In the second, you look at auto, and the most valuable is tangible products, how many cars you have on the lot to sell, product that you can ship. But once you get to food and luxury, you can see that there's a shift. And I believe that specialty coffee falls in both of these categories. If you look at them, brand makes up more than 50% of the value of corporations that kind of tend to fall in this area. Now, if you think of Coke, for example, Coke is sugar water in a can but the brand makes them so much more valuable than Pepsi or their competitors or someone doing something similar. People's perception of Coke and what it stands for and what it means really matters so much more than what the product actually is. Now, another reason that brand is very important is differentiation. So what that means is how unique and how different you can make yourself to compete in a market filled with other people who are doing similar things. 
if everyone is doing something one way, really the only reason to do it that same way is because it's safe. It doesn't help you stand out, and it doesn't add value to your company or your brand. So this right here is a snapshot of a retail shelf at a coffee shop in the US. Now this is a multi-roaster shop, and they're becoming more and more popular in the US and in Europe. And what this means is that a coffee company buys coffee from multiple roasters. It's really great for the cafes and really great for customers because they have choice. But what happens for the roaster is you're all of a sudden on a shelf, not just with your own bags on display, but with all of your competitors' bags as well. Now, I use this as an example because all of these are bags, for one. But they're also similar colors, similar tones, and one of them happens to stand out. Now, I don't know if Ritual, the red bags, sell more than the others, but I think this is a good visual representation of what, what the field looks like, you know, what you're competing against, how you have to represent yourself. And it shows why brand can really matter as a first impression. One of my favorite designers and architects, Mies van der Rohe, says God is in the details. Details are what take a good brand and make it great. So a lot of coffee companies around the world, some of them have taken it to the next level and they've used details in their cafes and in their products and in their brand to make themselves different or unique, at least until someone copies it. And so I want to show you some of those examples. So this is a cafe in Dublin, Ireland called 3FE. And instead of just bringing the coffee out in a ceramic cup and setting it on the counter, they've created a presentation. Now, this isn't unique to 3FE. More and more coffee shops are doing this. But not only have they taken a wood plate or a wood tray and put, in the, co put the coffee on it, but they've engraved their logo on it. And then the ceramic is not just a standard cup, but it's custom made. It has their brand, it has their logo um, engraved in it. And it's just that extra touch that kind of subconsciously kind of sinks into the customer and makes them feel like this is a much more valuable experience. Is workshop. Workshop is one of the companies I mentioned working with, and they took their logo and had it turned into this large neon sign that hangs over top of their uh, doorway once you walk in. Now, this creates kind of a unique, kind of inviting presence. Uh, a lot of people also take photos of it and post it on the internet, so that's really good for sharing the brand and letting people know about this cool coffee shop. Um, then there is this, which is the floor of a coffee shop in Silver Lake, California, Silver Lake, which is in Los Angeles in California, and it's an intelligentsia. And this floor is probably photographed more than anything else in the shop. And intelligentsia has been very good at using really unique tiles to kind of design their cafe spaces, and it just creates this really interesting element to the environment. A lot of other cafes have started doing this as well, um, but this one specifically, one of the first specialty shops to get popular in LA, um, this floor is very iconic. Also, packaging. Packaging is one of the more important elements of your brand because people take it with them. So they buy it and they take it home and it sits on the counter of their kitchen or in the shelf. And it's something that their friends see. It's something that lets, them, lets everyone know, like, this is the coffee that I buy and that I brew at home. So in that photo I showed previously, every bag of coffee on the shelf was just that. It was a bag. And there are some reasons for that, why people use bags, and there are limits to packaging coffee. But this is a company in Australia that has decided to use something different, these tubes. But aside from the tubes, which are obviously different, the way they've decided to present the coffee is unique. 
Instead of putting their logo really big, the first thing you see on this can are the flavor notes of what to expect when you taste the coffee. So even the way that you communicate your product is an element that affects the brand and how people perceive your company and your product. Now, this is Go Get 'em Tiger in Los Angeles, another company that I worked with. And this is not the logo, but it hangs three meters wide above their bar. And it creates this kind of extension to the brand. We created a series of different illustrations that kind of evoke the feeling of the brand of Go Get 'em Tiger, of this kind of energetic, take on the world attitude. And they've been used in different places throughout the cafe. So instead of just using art from some,、uh, some other artist, we've used the opportunity to create original art. That reflects the brand. This is also something that lots and lots of people photograph and share with their friends and put on Instagram. Another coffee shop, this is a Ritual,、uh, the red bags from the earlier slide in San Francisco, California. They recently renovated their first shop, and when you walk in, one of the first things you see is this beautiful custom made light fixture. Now, more and more cafes have been、um, improving the design of their cafe, but they kind of go through design catalogs and they'll get lighting that can be purchased by anyone else.、Uh, but this is just a detail, it's that extra step that makes、uh, a really uni unique centerpiece to the cafe、um, and creates a way for、uh, people to remember you and to have a unique experience. So, all of these different things add up to.、Um, All of these things add value to your company because they make you different, they make you unique, they make people want to come to your shop, they make you different than your competitors and all of the chain stores. And so all of these different elements can be tweaked and、um, improved to just create a better, stronger brand. Because if you're not a brand, you're just a commodity. And nobody wants to be that. Shisha. Hey, Lee. <laughs> well done.、Um, how does it feel to be at the end? Three presentations done and on the tour at the end? It's good. Hopefully, you can edit them together to make something fantastic. <laughs> I think we could use all three of them and then be <laughs> equally as interesting.、Um, I've got a take issue, as I have with、uh, every time we've sat down here, and you talk about brandy's more important to the coffee. Do you really believe that? Or no, no, no. I said coffee is the most important, but I said brand matters more. I want everyone to understand. Uh, just Steph, Stephen, first, thank you, Brian, for giving us such a wonderful speech. And he again confirms it again. Do you really believe that brand's importance is more than coffee? Brian says, "No, no, no. I just didn't say that. I just said coffee's flavor is the most important." Never trust a designer. <laughs> So I have a question. Just something I was thinking about watching the talk today.、Um, whenever you do something new and fresh, it's not unusual to have it copied in design. It's not. It's not an unusual thing. So, do you design aiming to become, in a way, iconic and never needing to change and evolve, or do you design knowing that once it's copied, you have to refresh? 嗯，他就问 Brian 说，当他在设计一个品牌的形象的时候，他是希望这个品牌的形象好像很经典，可以呃隽永流长很久很久的，还是说他会大概两三年的时候，他会认为他会想要换一下这个品牌的形象 ？You know, I, I think that 
if it's, there are two ways to go. It's a hard question to answer as well as translate. Um, you want something iconic no matter what. You want something timeless if you can, because otherwise it it's, can be a wasted investment. I mean, you should be investing in design for the long term. But I think that if you do something risky enough, if you differentiate, if you push the boundaries enough, there will be a much longer gap before people follow you, I think. Um, even if you prove, prove successful, uh, people will wait a little bit. And I also think that if you're the first and you kind of came up with the idea, you need to really just hit it out of the park. So anyone who does copy you, it will clearly be a copy and it's not done as well. So. Um, 问题其实非常的难回答，当然我们在设计品牌的时候会希望这个品牌它会成为一个很经典的形象，不然我们投进去的时间、金钱成本都会是一种浪费。但是呃，就会看你要把这个风险推到什么样的程度。如果说你的东
which I think is a problem and probably a bad idea. Which industries do you look to the most outside of coffee when you're thinking about brand, thinking about design, thinking or just looking for inspiration? 现在有越来越多的咖啡，他们都想要成立自己的品牌。那一般来说，在做在设计咖啡品牌的时候，通常的启发点都是从咖啡本身开始。那问题就是说，你在你通常在找一些灵感的时候，你都从什么产业上面去着手？ Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one more before we throw it out there because this is my opportunity to ask a designer. To, can I answer my? Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> hey, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't want to know you your know, answer. It's, it's priorities. It's priorities. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, you know, I think working with coffee has been one of the most interesting kind of projects to work with because when you think of coffee, unless you become very specific, which is cliche,、um, the brand around a coffee company can really be anything. It's a very open thing. I mean, I've been able to work with several of them, and I think all of them are very different. Um, because it's how you kind of interpret that story of of, of the, that company's kind of soul or identity and what you want it to be, and so it, when you're working with clients, it's up to them. So G and B and Go Get 'Em Tiger. That was my interpretation of how Kyle and Charles explained themselves and what they wanted to represent.、Um, working with Supersonic, which is now something that is more personal. Um, I looked at things that I wanted the company to, to kind of represent in for inspiration. So I looked at everything from fashion companies to watch companies to vintage automobiles to architecture.、Um, I definitely try to avoid looking at other coffee companies because there is this kind of repetition,、um, especially in even things like the About Us page that, that we've talked about several times. Is you know you can copy and paste that paragraph.、Uh, And it's pretty much the same on everyone's website. So how can you even talk about coffee differently and explain yourself differently、um, without being so kind of generic? Um, he 认为就是其实咖啡品牌的设计是非常非常的有趣的。呃，在设计咖啡的品牌的时候，基本上灵感是来自就是五花八门的灵感。呃，所有他目前设计过的所有的品牌，其实每一样每个品牌都非常的不同。那他通常都会去看这个客户他想要反映出来的是什么样的东西，这个这间公司有什么样的灵魂，其实都主要还是看客户的需求。那像他在那个 Get Go Get Them Tiger 的那个设计上面的话，主要是他跟 Kyle 他们讨论过之后，这是呃 Brian 对这间公司的诠释。那如果说是像咖啡。他自己那个咖啡厅 Supersonic 的话，就比较像他自己个人的观点去。他在参考的时候，他会去参考一些像是时尚产业的呃设计，呃，或是一些古著，然后建筑等等。他也会参考其他的咖啡的品牌。然后他认为说，其实复制贴上非常的简单，但是呃，你要在这个品牌之中找出独特性，才是最困难的事情。It's okay. It's okay. That's fine. Thanks. That's right. Sorry.、Um, So、um, I want to ask one last question before we throw it out to the audience at the appropriate time.、Um, brands that kind of brands are always evolving,、um, you know, because they're organic. All of the things that you said、uh, are always changing. How do you keep the focus on the original core values of that brand that set up when it starts off? Because you know, service change, personnel change, you know, businesses grow. How do you kind of focus it back? 当然，品牌会对于整个咖啡。
的形象会有非常的帮助。但是他想知道说 ，Brian 是怎么去专注的在那个设计上面，然后怎么去抓住这个品牌的核心价值。毕竟现在是一个变变化万千的世界，可能服务的方式、产品的内容都一直在改变。他怎么去抓住那个核心的价值？ I think a big part of that, which you know now it, it's become more of a personal problem as Supersonic grows, is、uh, hiring the right people. I think to be there,、uh, people who really believe in the company and people who want to be a part of the team.、Um, you know, ideally, every time that the company evolves and things change, whether it's you know a new shop or、uh, even the product,、uh, you need to look back to what those those core values are and just kind of ask yourself if. You're staying true to those.、Uh, I mean, before there was ever a logo or a representation of what Supersonic was, or even a name,、uh, we held several kind of brand development workshops over a period of three months to discuss what will this company represent, what do we want it to say, like who are we as the people starting the company,、um, to make sure that we got it right. We didn't just pick random things and say let's go. Like we put a lot of focus into. The foundation and the core, and I think that will lead to、uh, being able to、um, to survive, kind of growth long term. Ju Supersonic 这个咖啡厅当例子的话，他们其实在那边工作的人对于自己的团队是非常有信任度的。然后，不论世界的变迁，他认为保持初衷才是最重要的。你随时随地都要在扪心自问一下，你的品牌的核心价值到底是什么？那其实他们一开始在讨论这个 logo 的时候，他并不是好像无中生有，忽然天外飞来一笔就就找到一个灵感，而是他们是成立了一个呃小组，然后经过三个月非常热烈的讨论之后，才才定出了这个东西。然后他们着眼在非常基本、非常基础的东西上面，他认为这样子才是一个品牌能够永续发展下去的方式。So this is your opportunity of、uh, the audience to ask Brian some questions without him charging you a fee or a consultation.、Um, so, do you have any questions? Now, everyone has the opportunity to ask Brian some questions without him charging you a fee or a consultation. Now, everyone has the opportunity to ask Brian some questions without him charging you a fee or a consultation. Now, everyone has the opportunity to ask Brian some questions without him charging you a fee or a consultation. Now, everyone has the opportunity to ask 常常会让某一些消费者、某一群消费者喜欢，另外一群不喜欢。这样子的事情是一种自然发生的现象，还是是设计者刻意设计出来的？有没有可能一个品牌它是可以讨好所有的人呢？如果设计者就是倾向设计让人要不是很爱就是很恨的品牌的话，你如何说服业主？去走这样的风格呢？谢谢。嗯、um, ，I think it, there there is no such thing as a universal brand.、Um, you won't please everyone,、uh, and if you do try to please everyone, you won't please anyone because it will be so watered down. So, with the client、um, logos that I did. For those, the person that I was trying to please the most was the client. So they had a vision, and I was trying to make that come to life.、Um, so it was kind of their 
priority or their responsibility to consider who their market was. Um, working with Supersonic, um, I have thought a little bit about the customer, but ultimately the brand should reflect um, who the company is. And there are enough customers out there that some of them will like you and some of them won't. So you can try to cater towards a specific market and you know, hope that, that you succeed. As a designer, you want to hit that mark. Um, but as I said in the talk, like it, people are, are complicated and sometimes you can be way off. Um, I also think that with Supersonic specifically, we wanted to try and avoid this uh, kind of trend or trope, at least in the United States, about hipster coffee. I don't know if that translates well, but in the United States, a lot of specialty coffee shops um, have this kind of uh, reputation. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the brand. It has to do with the way the logos look, the way the packaging looks, the way the interiors are designed. And with Supersonic, I wanted to approach all the people who kind of feel uncomfortable in those types of cafes. And we don't have a cafe yet, but it's something that I've been thinking about as we head that direction. Supersonic 在Supersonic帮Supersonic这边设计的时候,他在设计品牌比较着重于公司自身的价值。然后他会去想说这个公司他会吸引到怎么样的客人其实这是他必须要去公司本身自己要去承担的风险毕竟人是非常复杂的其实你永远都没有办法预测人心今天这个人喜欢你可能明天他就不喜欢了那他希望Sup